that, I didn't know much about it, but I can remember as a young man of 22 years of age coming to the Lord in faith on a Sunday morning. And all of a sudden, the flood of that mental picture of the past of that family Bible came back to me. I said, where is that Bible? So I went home. I was living with my mom at that time. And I went home. And I said, Mom, where's that family Bible? I, she gave it to me. I started reading. It's a big old Bible. And I started, actually didn't have a car at that time. I think I had a motorcycle, but it was broke down at that time. Here's wisdom for the young. Always buy a car first. Because it gets cold out there on a motorcycle. And so I remember walking to church. It was, I really do remember walking to church. It was probably about three miles uh, one way. Carrying a big family Bible. I just really didn't, all them cars riding by, I didn't care what they thought. Because I just felt so happy. Because Jesus Christ was not in a book anymore. He was in my heart. And I felt good, brother. I felt so good. I really, really did. And I remember my, my, my spiritual journey of education. Somebody said, have you been to college? Yes, I think I have. It's called the College of Living Life and the Word of God. And I feel like I've gotten an education. I'm not done yet. I have not graduated, but I'm in the process. And I remember one day I read Matthew, the book of Matthew, Gospel. And then I got to Mark, and I read chapters 1. And you ought to read the uh, Gospel of St. Mark. I know everybody, by the way, sideline note, when people give their lives to the Lord, they say, what's should I read? Read John. Well, John's an awesome book. It's in the Bible. I always tell people, by the way, read St. Mark because St. Mark opens up with a bang. Jesus is there doing miracles. I mean, it's awesome. Just sideline. And I remember getting to chapter 1, 2, 5, 10, chapter 11. And I remember the Lord Jesus. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in the house today. I really feel something more than flesh and blood. And I remember beginning to read that, and Jesus is talking to these guys one day, and they get up in the morning, and they're walking by a fig tree that the evening before, uh, Jesus saw a lot of leaves on it, but no fruit. And really, they say, Bible scholars say it represents the nation of Israel and that type of thing. But anyway, Jesus said, don't ever bear fruit anymore, not right now. But Israel will bear fruit, by the way. And in the morning when they got up, one of them, they're walking by and they say, oh, Lord, Master, look at that fig tree. Jesus didn't focus on that sermon that day. But he said to those men, he said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. How can I liken faith today? How can we sum this up? We can look up the definition of the Greek word, which would be good. We can look up Webster's Dictionary definition, which would be good. But essentially, faith really is, I'll give you two words, assurance and confidence. Faith is not based on feelings and circumstances and which way the 
current cultural wind blows. Faith is as steady as the rock of Gibraltar. Faith, when it's really the grain of a mustard seed, real faith, can look at the life circumstance you're going through. And though the wind's blowing against you, you can say, it won't be this way forever. Though I feel like it's pushing me back, maybe pushing me down, it will not last this way forever because I have a confidence that the one who gave me life will bring me through to the other side. Woo, hallelujah. But faith, if it's really worth its salt, must be tried from time to time. If you're really worth your salt as a human being individual, you must, we must go through some circumstances of opposition to really show our mettle. Can I have an amen? Anybody can forsake God and die. Anybody can be frustrated. Anybody can just throw in the towel. But when the Bible said, the justified shall live by faith, he's talking to you, brother. He's talking to you, sis. We walk by faith and not by our feelings. Stock market up, stock market down. Cultural change this way or that way. I'm telling you, I remember as a young guy reading that. I'm sorry. I, I just sat there, Joe, and I closed my Bible for a minute. No kidding. I did. I said, Jesus, did you really mean that? I mean, is this an allegory? Is this a fairy tale? Did you really mean if you have true blue God-given supernatural come from heaven faith that you could move a mountain? Well, at about that time, all of life is going to scream in your faith. This is in sounds ridiculous. You're one of those religious, uh, radical, wacko weirdos. By the way, sideline note, if I'm weird, leave me alone because I'm very happy. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm so I'm, I, uh, maybe I won't go there. <laughs> I could, a sermon and a sermon. Jesus, did you really mean that? I mean, come on. I mean, really, if they had cars back in that day, maybe he could have said, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard, say, you could say to this car, be moved. And I could have said, okay, and maybe so. Move a mountain? What are we talking about here? I'll tell you what we're talking about. When it came to my heart, if you were God, we'd be in trouble. But other than that, if you were God, how could you flesh out and, and draw a picture to an individual of, God, what is faith likened unto? Can you give me an example? What can real assurance and confidence in you be related to? You might say, if you really have a strong enough confidence to me, in me, you could tell that mountain, which is 
impossible be moved and cast in the sea. I know what your natural brain says, what mine does. I mean, you know, that's the problem sometimes. No offense to us Christians. Some, sometimes I'm not sure that we're really believing believers. I mean, I mean, all that I'm trying to say is if I were God and I wanted to give me an example, my human being, I'm going to show you what if you trust in me. Some of you are going through some very difficult situations right now. Before your alarm clock goes off in the morning, your flesh, the devil, the world, and all that you ever thought of is bombarding you, the door of your heart saying, ah, it's a bad day. You'll never make it. You'll never get through this. But I hear Jesus saying today, if you can have some faith in God, if you can see the unseeable, and if you can know the one that you can't possibly know the full depths of, if you could just have a grain of that kind of faith. You can be healed. You can meet your bills in time. You can see your family come to faith in Jesus Christ. Bill, we had an excellent conversation last night. Corinne, it was an awesome time. Usually when we spend time together, my brother and sister-in-law come down from Cumberland. They come off the mountain and they come into the valley once in a while just to see how us peons are living. I'm just kidding. And we had an excellent conversation last night. And, and my brother said something I thought, now, now to you, to us church folk, we just know it all. So we've heard it all. If you're here, you've been saved for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. I can't imagine how many sermons you could preach right about now. And he said, you know, Ron, to me, Religion and morality are not the same. They're not always the same. I said, that's true. That's a lot of people. There's a lot of people in the Bible. Man, they were religious. You know, from day one, man was religious. Why is that? Because when God created mankind, he put something within them that automatically uh, says in their heart, there is a God, something that created you, gave you life. And man is forever pursuing that something and not even sometimes knowing what something is, trying to fill a hole with everything but what God created it to be filled with. So I thought, you know what, if I related what faith really is, I would have to say, faith is this. Let's start with example one. It could move a mountain. Why? Because faith, uh, does, not, faith does not begin, originate from us. Faith is imparted to us. And who imparts it to us is awesome. The Bible calls God El, E-L, that's one of the Hebrew names. That, that means the almighty strong one. Today, simple preaching, okay, to church-going people. But I felt like maybe we need a dose of this just because life is difficult. I don't know, what are you guys going through today? What are you experiencing in your life? 
Is it all rosy? I, I don't think so. What are you going through? What have you been through? What will you encounter? What is your, what, what is your recourse? What is your answer? Have faith in God. Now, some folk, I say this. Some people say, and I've heard it said, even in church, I'm not condemning, I'm just kind of repeating what they said. Said, well, you know, I have this need, Pastor Ron, but I don't have any faith. And I would say, I didn't say it to him, but I would say to us, well, I respect your opinion, but that's not true. If I say to you, are you a Christian believer? Do you believe Jesus died, rose from the dead, and is coming again? Oh, yes, I do. Well, right there you've got faith. Don't, don't tell me, respectfully, that you don't have something that you just said you had. How many of you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God? The world didn't give it to you. The world can't take it away. The devil can't defeat you. But you know Jesus is real. He is not a religious figure. He's not some prophet. You believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is alive. Even Jesus said, blessed are the eyes of those who have never seen me, yet they believe. Somebody put your hands together and give God a faith praise, would you? I remember Sunday morning going to church. I was a mess. Somebody said, what religion were you? I said, I was heathen. <laughs> and, and, and all of us were a mess. And if, by the way, if you sit there and say, not me, but you might have a little pride issue you might want to deal with right there. That's just saying that. I remember coming to Jesus Christ, and when the altar call was given, they call them altar calls. The pastor said, if you want to receive Jesus Christ in your life, so forth, so on, come down. I've told you that story, but maybe you're here for the first time. I'll just hit the high point real quick. I sat there. And as that little comic uh, uh, commercial or whatever it was, devil on one side, angel on the other, you know, that concept. And I, about the time I wanted to go to the altar, somebody said, sit back down. And, I, and man, I had myself a, a real spiritual battle right there. Nobody even knew it. All of a sudden, and this is true, this, God won't make you do anything, but he will give you a little nudge once in a while. Before you knew it, Mike Trent, I was up on my feet and I was going... Down the altar. I'm telling you, my feet were going forward, but my head was thinking, what in the world am I doing in front of all these people? I'm basically a fairly introverted person, true. And so that, that was a big deal to me. And, and, and Perry, I got down at that altar, and, and I hit my knees. I mean, nobody pushed me down, Frank. It just happened so fast, I didn't have time to think. Sometimes that's probably our problem. You know what some of us need to do? Maybe think again. You'll be a smart person if you can think twice. 
Um, and, and it happened so quick. I, I was down there, boom, I'm on my knees. And before I know it, my little head's going, what in the world are you doing oh, in front of all these people? But I think my heart out uh, won my head. And I got down there. And a guy knelt, man, you talk about a good altar worker, a Pastor Justin. Bam, he was there. Somebody said, I don't like to, you know, bother people when they're praying. I understand that sometimes you can make, you can break the mojo, you know, they're in the zone. But most of the time, people really would like somebody to come up beside them and say, hey, my name's John or Ron or Frank or Sue or Sally. Can I help you pray about this? Because really, I didn't know what I needed. I'm like hanging out the dry, God. He said, can I pray with you? I'm going somewhere with this story, by the way. Hang in there. And I remember telling him, Jake Welch, Chuck, you remember? Sharon, you remember? Rick, you remember J Jake Welch? Awesome man, man of God. He put his hand around me, had his Bible with me. That's good, too. That's good, real, too. Because I heard a lot of people's opinion. But, I, but I, all of a sudden, he opened the book. And I'm like... Okay, here's time for decision. Do I believe or don't I believe? If you don't believe the Bible, then we have a difficult time convincing you that God can do any and everything he wants to do. I just don't believe it. I'll tell you a story about that in a minute. But here's my point. I don't know how I believed that Jesus is really I would go so far as to say he wasn't alive. He is alive. I don't know how I believe that. But I'm telling you, something dropped into my heart, not growing up in church, not being schooled in those things. All of a sudden, you could not convince me for $10, maybe a 1000 Just kidding. I'm just teasing. My humor gets me in trouble sometimes. You could not convince me that Jesus Christ is not was but is alive. I believed it with all my heart. Brother Jake Welch said to me, Ron, do you believe? He asked me, do you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins? I said, yes. They tell us sometime in churches, we don't use the word sin anymore because we don't want to offend people. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's like, to me, I don't know, I'm getting crazy. It's like saying, I don't put gasoline in my car anymore, but I want it to run. You know, I mean, that's, we, <laughs> he said, do you believe that Jesus died, rose again. Does this sound simple? I, I had a problem with that. I said, this is so simple. He said, he, God made it just for you. <laughs> he really loves people just like you. So he makes it simple. I'm just kidding. It is so simple. But it takes a lifetime to live out. And, and if you think you want, rather wanted God to make it a little more complicated, live life a while and you'll have some complicating situations. So don't, don't be disappointed, okay? 
and never, ever, ever pray for patience. Because the Bible says tribulation works patience. If there's one thing in the world you never need to pray for, it's that. It's called living life. Man said years ago, you know the problem with life? I said, what? He said, it's so daily. I said, it is. And he said, do you believe Jesus died and rose again? I said, I said, sir, I, I don't, yes, I don't know how I believe it. What am I saying? I could can go on. What I'm saying is on that Sunday morning, Miss Gail Pross, God put something in my heart that the world didn't get me. I couldn't find it at Walmart, couldn't get it at the drugstore, and my next door neighbor wasn't the person that was dishing it out. I got something that came from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and the world can't take it from you, and nobody can defeat you because you got faith that came from the one that said, let there be light, and he spoke light and life into your being. Somebody give the Lord praise, would you? We're going to pray for people in a few minutes here. What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing to myself? I'm just trying to get my faith rising up. Because sometimes I think in this old world, you get up on Monday morning, you get out there and rub shoulders with other people, and I'm not criticizing other people, but it's nasty out there. Before you know it, you get stuff rubbed all on you. Gloom. Remember the show, Bill, remember Hee Haw? Do you remember Hee Haw? Gloom, despair, agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it was for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. <laughs> How many of my sillier do you remember that song? I've been trying to get that song out of my heart for a long time. The Bible says, sing unto the Lord a new song. Get up in the morning. It ain't gloom and depression. My God, it's God is with you, and he has not forsaken you. You're going through a valley, but that don't mean he's not the lily of the valley. I just feel like praising him. And then there are some folk that say, well, okay, I, I know the Lord. I've accepted him. I believe he died, rose again. Hallelujah. Never, never consider that elementary. I changed my vocabulary. That, that's elementary. No, it isn't. It's foundational. Is it elementary that little baby girl knows that her mom and dad loves her. I heard that before. No, that's foundational. Put that in your pocket, young person. You'll need that in life sometime to come back to the, to the foundation to know, hey, what I'm going through, none of my friends like me. Nobody's giving me some Facebook responses. Come back to your mom and dad. We still are here. We care. When everybody beats you up, we'll hug you. We'll hold you. We'll care for you. We won't forsake you. I know even when you do wrong, we won't condone it, but we will help you through it. That ain't elementary. That's foundational. So there's some folk that say, okay, I believe that message. 
Jesus is alive. But I have a need. I have a problem. I have something I'm experiencing. You know what? I'm just thinking to myself in the years that I've been serving the Lord, living for God. I mean, we're, we're way past our young people having uh, to put their cigarettes out in school. Spit your gum in the waste paper basket. You and my wife, by the way, this is not even related to this story, but I just think it's funny. Here's what, here's what good education will do for you. I'm just kidding. You went through four years of French, didn't you? Oh, by the way, watch this. You all remember that show? Was it Morticia? You remember Morticia? I know the young people are like, this guy is so old. I just can't. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Morticia, every time she spoke in French, who was the guy? Gomez. Oh. Just French just sounds like, ooh, that's awesome. Tell, tell them what you learned after four years. Jetez votre gum dans la coupe à papier. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Only to find out, spit your gum in the waste paper basket. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> but boy, did that sound rich, didn't it? Woo! <laughs> I'm sorry, keep it bright here. Where was I in this sermon? I just blew it out of the water. I'm not. So there are some folk. That, that okay, you're going. Maybe you're experiencing something. We're getting ready to pray. Our ushers, our leader, our altar ministers are getting ready to come down. And if you have a need in, a, in just a minute or two, they're going to ask you to just kind of come in line. And we're going to come one by one. And we're going to really believe God for your need. I remind you, this is not elementary. This is foundational to the core of your being. The winds of change in life and adversity are constantly blowing. I said years ago, I said, you know, Christian people that work, you know, you're out there working your jobs or maybe you're retired or whatever, but just... Let's go there. You get up on Monday morning. On Sunday, you come to a church, and there's such, oh, I just feel so good. I've heard, I've heard more than one person say, I just feel, I wish I could stay in church all week long. Well, well, you understand that the wall is not what you're talking about. Man, these walls are so awesome. I feel so good. You're talking about the presence of the Lord. And, and you have been given insight because you, the presence of God is so rich. Yes, it is emotional. But it is not driven ultimately by emotion. You know you're growing in your walk with the Lord when you can go through a hard situation when the keyboard player is not playing and the preacher's not preaching and you are still walking by faith 
I have hundreds of people said to me, said to you, I don't know how I'm doing it. My, my, the girls in my office say, I don't know how you're doing it. But and you say, I'll tell you how I'm doing it. And you're not trying to get holier than thou and preach at them. But I, I have faith in God because I know the world did not give this to me and nothing can take this away. And even Job said, even if he slays me, I will serve him because I know that this life is that quick. It's like, and it's gone. And there we are. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when you walk through those gates of pearl? Can you imagine? Before you see it, you're going to feel it. It's going to be an emotional experience. It, it amazes me. I know i got to land the plane here. It amazes me. I remember as that 22-year-old young man. You know, sometimes this is going to blow you away. Sometimes I'm sort of glad I didn't grow up in a religious home. Religious, religious home. You know why? I know this just violates probably what I should even say. Jeremy, because I remember coming to the Lord Jesus on that Sunday morning and going home and looking for that family Bible. When I opened that Bible up and I began to read and I got to, Ma got to Mark chapter 11, 22 and 20 through 24. Have faith in God. If you have true faith in God, so like a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, be removed, be cast in a seed. Whatsoever you pray, when you believe, you receive it, you shall have it. I said, Lord, are you telling that truth? He said, yes. The truth is undeniable. You're going to take a lifetime to get a hold of that truth. And some of life is going to be a helping experience. What you're going to go through when you're pinching pennies to feed, to feed that baby girl milk, you owe us. <laughs> Sorry, I said that so fast, didn't I? <laughs> to mom and dad, one day we're going to look at them babies and go, you know what? You owe me. How many of you ever had, pinch, had to pinch pennies to make ends meet? Or, or, or you just didn't quite have what, oh yeah, you know what, I'm here to tell you God Almighty was still hovering over you. <clears throat> he wasn't giving you a hard time. He was giving you a faith-building learning experience because you can trust him when you don't have anything. And, and probably the biggest problem we have in our nation today, sorry, folks, is that we have a bunch of people that have grown up and they have never learned that it costs a whole lot to be free, to come and go as you please. Somebody spilled some blood so that you can come and go as you please. Jesus spilled some blood so we can trust in him good times bad times I've had them all so somebody said okay preacher Ron I, I believe but I just don't have quite enough faith I don't mean to be sound harsh here if you think about that, that's kind of calling God a liar. Because in the book of Romans, I got it right here. Romans chapter 12, verse 13. God has dealt to every man 
the measure of faith. That's Bible. Man, universal, man, woman. God has, how many of you like to, do you play cards once in a while? I know some of you, I don't play, I don't mean to mess with your convictions. Uh, that's kind of where that is sometimes. I feel like the Lord on that Sunday morning dealt me the measure of faith. He just threw it. And I went, and I do have faith. How much faith? Jesus said, if, if you just have a little grain, I'm going to end with this. I really wished I would have thought about this before I came here this morning. I preached uh, Linda a message years ago about what real faith is like. And uh, I couldn't find any mustard seeds. I, I don't know. Where do you get mustard seeds? At the grocery store. There's a revelation for you. <laughs> you can tell I'm a man, right? Oh, Lord. I know where to get a good steak, though, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> so, so uh, Robert, only thing I could, only thing I could use as an example, I found me some bagels with those poppy seeds. I said, work with me, poppy seeds, mustard seeds, what's that different? You know, I'm just, and I remember having about half a dozen of those bagels. Oh, Lord, this would be so fun right about now. I can remember saying, anybody need faith? Somebody said, what need? I said, boom, hit a guy right in the head. Not kidding. You'd be surprised how people would do anything for a bagel when they're hungry. Or, or a donut. A donut. Used to work at Walmart, by the way. Every Friday they had donuts for all the employees. I'm so serious. John, you, I couldn't tell you how I'm, I'm working at Walmart. And he's, hey, hey, Ron, come on, man. It's 9 o'clock in the cafe. Want to go get a donut? I said, I never had one of them. I mean, you know, but anyway, where am I at? I'm just throwing those bagels. God's threw us the mustard seed. You got it in you right now. You got it in you right now. Let me tell you. Simple preaching, I get it. You got enough right now to meet and exceed whatever you're going through. Now I must qualify sometime what we're going through may be a consequence of our own actions. Therefore, we must learn to try to do better. But I'm so surprised that in the Bible, when you read the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, New Testament, I really can't think of anybody. Maybe you can help me. Maybe I need to study a little bit more. I can't think of anybody who came to Jesus physically needing, a, uh, you know, healing or needed to be delivered, you know, powers of the enemy coming against him that he said, no, first thing what you got to do is this and that. He just touched them, and then many of them believed. Now, sometimes we believe, but you can't believe unless you have faith first. It don't work the other way. You know, if God would bring me through, what you need is you need your faith to have faith in God. Once you believe that, all things are possible. Got to have it first. God has dealt to everyone a measure of faith. I want to ask you if you'll stand with me. <clears throat>
brethren, if we're going to get ready to pray and minister to people here. And the way, the way that this can work, I, I would encourage you to stick around. Is our children's ministry in here still yet? Did you guys, thank you guys, Dustin, Amanda. We, we had a conversation and we said if, if uh, our, our, our children's pastors, if they felt so inclined Rather than having the kids go on the third floor for kid life, which is awesome. And they're preaching and teaching the same thing. But at a miracle breakthrough service, I said, I want our kid, uh, uh, Frank, I see you're holding a child right there. Now that child, how old is he? One year. So right now he may not be able to intellectually know what's going on. But in his heart, in his heart, he will become exposed to the power of God. My grandson, Cruz, is here. Hey, young man. Cruz is seven years old. Cruz is here. By the way, don't tell him this. He's here so he can see the power of God moving. He can see people being prayed for. He can see pe as we lay hands upon people and believe God to touch them. I want our next generation to see that God can move and do. And yes, we are a spirit-filled church. I remember the first time I saw somebody fall on the floor. Can you believe it? Let's go to the Ravens and hoop and holler today. I said, oh, by the way, I said, it's, it was strange to me years ago how people can shout and holler. And Now, I have been out in the bars, I got to tell you that. And you'd be surprised how people act out in the bars when they get intoxicated. They aren't even polite about it. And it's amazing when we come into churches that believe this Bible from cover to cover. All of a sudden, we have to be very quiet. God don't like emotion. So, no, no, no. I'm so glad I told you. I'm kind of glad that I didn't grow up in that type of environment because God did not have to deprogram my mind. I walked in, Jeremy, into a full-blown, spirit-filled church, <clears throat> saw people running around praising God with all their heart. They were clapping their hands. Can you imagine? They were lifting their hands. I saw young people, teenagers, worshiping God. Pastor Brown, we had worship services where young people were on their knees. Bert, they were crying, tears of repentance, tears of joy. I saw people praising. Somebody, lady, took the tambourine. She began to shout, jump up and down. And I did not say, man, this is weird. I thought this was awesome because I was at the rock concert the other night, and they were acting crazy, and they were lifting their hands, and they were jumping up and down, and they were all high on drugs, but now I had the real life of Jesus. Jesus will get you high on life, and it's okay. Ladies, give me the last scripture. James chapter 5. Do you have that? James chapter 5. So there is a passage Now, this is the Bible. 
Is any among you afflicted? The word afflicted means suffering adversity. It's not physical, might be, but are you going through something? Is any afflicted? This is God's word. This is the Bible up on the screen. Let him pray. There's a remedy beyond this reality. Is any among you, any sick among you, let him, her, call for the elders, leaders of the church, and let them pray over them, anointing them with oil. Keep that up there, would you? I had to learn something. God's ways don't always make normal sense. Anoint them with oil. The oil there has no power in this bottle of oil. No matter how big or small it is. What it is, it is a representation of the power of the Holy Spirit. Anoint them with oil and let them pray over them. Anointing them all with the name of the Lord. Watch this. And the prayer of what, folks? Faith will save the sick. I looked up the word save. The word save literally is sozo, S-O-Z-O, Greek. It means we'll heal the sick, we'll deliver the sick, we'll make you whole. Now you see, the culture we're living in has a hard time going right there. But we go there because we got faith that came from another world. And we still know. <clears throat> Listen, I've sort of highlighted, maybe embarrassed, my brother and sister-in-law. They are medical physicians. And they make their life and livelihood out of treating people, treating patients. My brother and, and Corinne know more about medicine than I'll ever know. They know what prescription to give to that ailment. Isn't that right? Now, they can't do miracles because they're people, but they have a lot of knowledge. And I want to say thank God for medical science, folks. I know, I know, I know. We're getting ready. Thank God for every hospital, for every staff person in the hospital. I, I, to me, when I look at medical science, I'm like, that there looks like some miracles to me. But I will qualify this by saying, there is somebody who is a physician in this room who is a great physician, and he is a specialist, and his name is Jesus, and he knows exactly what prescription needed for you for your ailment today, and he forever will know exactly how to prescribe the dose that you need, and that faith is within us. And all we have to do is connect and say, God, I believe. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven. I committed a boatload of sins. I had enough to fill the Titanic, didn't you? But thank God when the Titanic sunk, my sins sunk away. And now I'm free. Hallelujah. I'm still trusting. We're still relying. Hallelujah. Would you lift your hands heavenward and begin to worship the Lord with a song of praise and then we'll begin ministering to, to you.